Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 392. Today is December 4th, 2022. I'm your host, John Pagliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at InvestableWealth.com. Well, the market's been struggling this week, but the bulls are winning out. The S&P 500 did get above and was able to close above its 200-day moving average. It hasn't done that on a weekly close going back, I think, all the way to the beginning of April. So we are definitely looking at a Santa Claus rally. In this episode, I want to talk about the three main factors that are driving that rally. Now, as far as the Santa Claus rally, there's a seasonality to the market. The last four to six weeks of the year generally tend to be very good for the stock market. And so it should come as no surprise that that is one of the main factors that's driving this rally into the end of the year right now. And that seasonality factor has to do primarily with corporations and with individuals as well, tidying things up to not only be able to close out their books for the end of the year, but also to be able to make any type of tax adjustments. So this is a time of year when you see corporations doing a lot of buybacks. They're making adjustments to their holdings to compensate their employees through stock options and profit sharing. And then investors of all sizes, whether it be large institutional investors or just regular everyday retail mom and pop investors, investors are weeding through their portfolio looking to optimize an end of the year tax situation. This is also the last month of the year for 401k employee participants to get all of their contributions made. And so when you factor all those things in, that's generally why a lot of money does filter and pour into the markets at the end of the year. And that always, or almost always, helps drive the Santa Claus rally. So we definitely have that going on. And in addition to that, we have two other main areas of enthusiasm. In fact, I'd characterize investor sentiment right now around these two other areas as not only being enthusiastic, but I think a great deal of irrational enthusiasm, and that's all the excitement about the Fed pivot and the reopening of China. Now, it isn't that these events are important. It's just that I think that we're seeing a head fake, especially as it relates to the Fed pivot. Investors right now are all excited by the fact that the Federal Reserve is going to be only raising interest rates by maybe 50 basis points. We don't know that for sure, but that's probably what will happen in the next week or so. I understand the investor enthusiasm around that. It's something that we talked about here probably going back at least six months ago. I've always said the Fed will start to reduce and taper. What I think is irrational about the current enthusiasm, though, is that number one, a 50 basis point rise in the Fed funds rate is still pretty substantial. And it's taken the Fed funds rate up to a level higher than I thought we would see and higher than I think that this anemic economy that we're in can sustain. If you look at what's taken place this entire century over the last 20 years, U.S. GDP, almost without exception, other than during all the money printing of the pandemic, has not had sustained GDP growth of over 2%. That's an inherently anemic economy And you can make that work when you have lower interest rates. But when you have sky-high inflation and you're trying to tame that inflation by raising rates above 4%, well, that just doesn't sustain an anemic 2% growth rate economy. 
And it's not only the United States. If you look out through the global economy, we're barely going to get three, three and a half percent growth out of the entire global economy going into next year. So the Fed is not yet pivoting. They are simply reducing the rate of increase. They're continuing to reduce their balance sheet at the same time by letting their securities mature. That will, in effect, magnify the rate increases because it continues to withdraw liquidity from the capital markets. And at the same time, and this is why I really think that we're headed into some troubles earlier next year with a slowdown in the economy, and it's because the Fed funds rate is going to have a much higher terminal or ending rate than what I would have envisioned you know, six or seven or eight months ago. And that's likely what they're going to have to do to cool off wage inflation. That's why they're doing it. They want to see the unemployment rate get up to four and a half or five percent. That's what they think they have to do to slow down a key component of inflation, which is the wage inflation. You've heard me say many times the Federal Reserve can raise interest rates all they want. They can't pump any more oil. They can't grow any more food. So they're not going to address the supply side issues of what's driving inflation. All they can control is creating a demand destruction by seeing that people on the margins are laid off and put out of work. And since people live paycheck to paycheck, anytime there's any type of a reduction in the employment numbers, then consumer spending falls off a cliff. The markets got all excited this week when Jerome Powell came out and said that he saw interest rates only being raised by 50 basis points. That was a key factor that got everybody all excited. Now, this was not new news. Essentially, people have been talking about this for about six weeks. So what Federal Reserve Jay Powell said this week, in addition to saying that the rate of increases would be slowing, he said that he thinks that the terminal Fed funds rate is not only going to have to be raised higher, but even higher than he would have thought back in September. He reiterated that he thinks rates are going to have to stay higher for longer. He said there was considerable uncertainty about what rate will be sufficient. And by sufficient, he meant to put enough people out of work to tame the inflationary rising in wages. He said that knowing that the jobs number that was reported last week was going to be higher than expected. So all the enthusiasm, I think the irrational enthusiasm about a Fed pivot is most likely unfounded. Rates are going up and they're going to stay up. And the reason that makes me so sour and negative on the stock market, at least going into the early part of next year, and especially over these next four months or so, is that corporate profits, I believe, are very unlikely to be sustained at the rate that they're currently being projected. I mean, there's a large discrepancy between where corporate profits were in 2019 and where corporate profits are forecasted to be in 2023. And if in 2023, consumer demand is less, wages are higher, and capital costs are higher, then how can that not have a major impact on corporate profits? Now, I'm not saying that corporate profits are going to deteriorate all the way down to the 2019 levels, but if we hit a deep enough recession, that wouldn't be out of the question. But in any case, even if corporate profits just stagnate to the level that we've seen you know, closing out this year, then we're still looking at very high and elevated valuations, which are characteristic 
of back when money was cheap and easy and the Fed was printing and the federal government was handing out all type of stimulus checks. Well, that's not the environment that we're headed into in 2023. And so even if corporate earnings just stagnate at the current levels of where the stock market is today, we're looking at close to a 19 times earnings. And I think that that valuation is way out of sync with an economy that's slowing down rather than heating up. So I absolutely believe that these past weeks and especially this last week's enthusiasm about the Federal Reserve pivot is definitely unfounded. Now, the third and last thing that I want to talk about today that drove a lot of investor enthusiasm this week is the potential reopening of the Chinese economy. Now, I do believe that that will have a large and significant positive impact on the global economy, but not necessarily on the U.S. stock market. Now, we can talk about that in future episodes, but remember what's taken place over the last two or three years and how the Chinese Communist Party has been clamping down on the private sector. And none of that was driven because of slowdown in the Chinese economy or a shutdown or any type of closure to the economy because of COVID zero policies over the last three years. It had to specifically do with the government of the Chinese Communist Party coming in and either taking over or exerting more influences on those companies and those sectors of the economy. And so even once China is fully open and they're not under all these COVID zero restrictions, that's not going to address the restrictive nature that the CCP is placing on the private sector in the country of China. As far as the overall COVID zero and the reopening of their economy, I'm also skeptical at this point that it's going to go as smoothly as everybody seems to think it will. If they are, in fact, going to ease up and let more of a free movement of their people and more open commerce, well, they're doing it right now in the depth of winter when their country would be the most susceptible to any type of COVID or colds or flu or any other type of airborne respiratory illnesses that are spread in the wintertime. So if anything, the reopening of China could actually end up being a super spreader event. And perhaps just like three years ago, any new variants coming out of that won't be contained with China. And we'll see some of that carry over to the rest of the world as well. So be very careful how you play the Chinese reopening. It will eventually come, and it will overall be beneficial for the global economy. It will especially help things like commodity prices. But I personally, at this point anyways, looking into the future, will be very cautious and minimalistic in anything that I put directly into Chinese equities. The other thing to consider in terms of a Chinese reopening is, is that they're obviously going to be reopening into a global economy that's going into recession which obviously won't do very much for their export-driven economy. Well, hey, how's it all going to play out? I don't know. It's fascinating. Keep in mind that right now I'm concerned about where the stock market and corporate profits are headed into 2023, but that doesn't make me pessimistic. Overall, it still looks to me that once things get sorted out, whether it's a mild recession or a deep recession, one way or the other, whether we see a V-shaped recovery, or whether there's an element of economic stagnation and the S&P 500 is range-bound. Regardless of those scenarios, there are still elements of the economy and specific companies that are being favored by long-term trends. Their future, their profitability is very bright, 
And I think that in 2023, and very likely early in 2023, we're going to have a fantastic opportunity to buy in to those profitable, vibrant, and resilient companies. Well, hey, until next time, as always, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.